0: Welcome to episode 26 of What Lies Beneath, a podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, those new to hockey, and hockey fans looking to have fun. Number 26 is pretty special to me, but that's that's not important. Let's talk about the Beneers era. Beers for Beneers. Beneers is here. We've got to talk about Maddie and all the good stuff that's going on in Krakenland as we wrap up the season. Plus, in No Dumb Questions, who's going to be the captain? We have to talk about that, and in hockey history, we'll look back to a sad Goodbye in hockey history. So let's get to it. What lies beneath? Welcome to it. It's the Seattle Kraken podcast. What is up? My name is Jeff Januzic, and this is my friend and co-host, Joey Cirillo. Dude, wow, wow, wow. There's so much going on. Uh, I I don't really know where to start. We got to talk about ownership, too. What, 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 what? (laughs) Waiting for that moment. (laughs) more. We got Beast Mode, co-owners. I mean, I'm telling you what. The Kraken, this is where I'm at right now with the Seattle Kraken is I feel like this is the first season – of your favorite show, right? Most great shows in history have an epic first season where there's highs there there's lows, but they always end on a crazy insane like, you know, culmination of, whoa, what's going to happen in season 2? Like, I'm not talking about Game of Thrones in season 8 cuz that was a disaster, but like Game of Thrones season 1, like holy shit, the way that ended, like, oh my gosh, bring on season 2 that's where we are right now with the Seattle Kraken is we've had highs, lows, the beginning of the season, we had the doldrums of the, you know, before the trade deadline and all these other things. And and now we're like at this high point of, Oh my God, I need more. And the season's ending in like seven games. I can't wait for next season. The Kraken have played this well. I don't know if it's the PR team. I don't know if it's Ronnie Francis playing chess, but everything right now with the Kraken, it's like at a high point, I want more and it's going to end soon. Do we need to get? You want to get into the
1: Kraken reaction because I'm I'm fired up. I feel the I feel the exact same way, and uh, there's a lot of shit I want to talk about. So I think we should get into it because it all ties into the games that we just watched.
0: Awesome, let's get into it. Here is your Kraken reaction. Oh, real quick, I wanted to mention, too, uh, episode 20, 26 is my number. Uh, my first favorite player in in hockey history, I guess, was Ray Shepard, who was a, a pretty awesome goal scorer for a couple of years with the Detroit Red Wings back in, like, you know, 92, 93, when they still kind of sucked. Um, and he was my first ever hockey jersey, 26. So to this day, 26 has played an epic uh, role in my life. So episode 26 is special to me. So I'm excited to, to share this hockey moment with you, Joey. Ray Shepard sounds like the name of a guy you went to high school with who played cornerback for your football team. But totally. I that's really that's a really
1: cool fact, so I appreciate you sharing it with
0: us. Yep, yep, it was great goal score and uh there's just so many 26s played a big part in my life at different times. It's like the universe is always talking in 26s for me and um it's pretty cool. So That's I'm a I'm a 12 guy, which is yep. interesting enough because
1: you know the 12s with the Seahawks and all of that. Yep. It was yep. unintentional. I'm the same way like I'm not big into that whole universe astrology, you know, pseudoscience bullshit. But for some reason, like the number 12 has followed me everywhere I
0: go. And so I'm a big 12 person. So I feel you on the 26. I feel you on that. Real quick note on 26, the weirdest thing that ever happened to me, I know we're supposed to talk about the Kraken here is this. <laughs> I was <laughs> we're not an astrology podcast. We just tricked everybody. Well, I was moving to Fayette from, from Arkansas to new Orleans for the first time. Right. Um, and it was a big move because I was leaving behind my radio career. So it was a big life-changing moment for me. And I was in Arkansas. I was selling stuff on eBay and uh, we had already got our house. And, um, I got a, I got a bid from somebody who bought like some, and I think it was like maybe a King's Jersey or something like that, that I was selling. And, um, and the person who bought it was like oh they're in New Orleans and i looked okay where do i send this it was it was on our street which was 26th street in New Orleans so like a person randomly on eBay bought this thing and they lived on the street that i was moving to and they were like six doors down what? and like yeah like does that does that make sense like i was no, in- yeah 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 it does Arkansas selling stuff on eBay. We were moving to 26th street in new Orleans in Lakeview and somebody bought something and there was like 10 people buying different things. Like, okay, cool. Sending this to Vermont, sending this to, you know, we're here. And and then it was like, wait, that's our, Oh my God, that's our street. That's four doors down from the house that we bought (laughs) weird. So that was the 26 was like, Whoa,
1: 26s. Is- are those neighbors, our ex-neighbors, are they like your best friends now? Do you still keep in contact? Are they cool people? Or did you go to the house no. them and then you're like, oh, they kind of suck, but whatever, 26.
0: They bought the thing. I messaged them. I wrote a note. And I said, hey, look, I'm moving down the street from y'all. This is crazy. Like, this is awesome that you guys, you guys live on the street. Like, I, I gushed all this like, oh, man, I can't wait to get down there. And like, crickets. They never said a word to me. They
1: never said shit. They're like, yeah, man, why don't you go ahead and send us that thing and then uh, stop messaging
0: us. Stop being weird. You probably do this to everybody who sells stuff for, uh, eBay- <laughs> yeah. on eBay, too. We
1: don't want to <laughs> your friend we're on fucking
0: yeah. eBay. Yeah. yeah totally anyway all right so the seattle kraken look i'm, I'm rolling right now too much coffee this morning I but dude the benears era is here and i'm I, we talked about it in the last episode the over under all you you who didn't pick it, the over oh my gosh you must be regretting that right now because easily easily maddie benears is going to uh is going to be uh, the over on the five and a half points in the last few games of the season. Because right as of right now, as of of this recording, he's got three points so far in three games, which is amazing. Yeah, you know what? You can just at
1: me next time. You don't even have to subtweet me while we're talking, you know, face to face. But uh, no, I, I took the under. And you know what? I have never been happier to be wrong in my entire life. I did not think. That I, I know that we're skipping, you know, some of uh, the Calgary game, whatever. That game was bullshit. But, I like, from what Beneers has been doing, I, I did not expect a 19-year-old to come into the NHL and look as comfortable as he has. Like, do you want to get into the Matty Beneers stuff now? Should we just lead with it? Because I, I, I'm feeling it. And what's really impressed me the most, it, it's not just the three points in three games. Because, again, I you know, I – I don't know if I'm a, um, a pessimist. I consider myself more of a realist. I just didn't expect a 19-year-old to come into the NHL and look as comfortable as he has. And it's so incredibly impressive. And for me, it's not, it's not the stuff like, uh, oh, look at his goals, whatever. Like The highlights, those are easy. What I like most about his game, and again, this is coming from a person that's still you know learning hockey, but whenever he is on the ice, I feel kind of like a creep because I'm watching him on TV and I'm literally just watching him skate around the entire time. Like on his shifts, I'm just focusing on veneers. But what I have noticed on his shifts is his hockey IQ is through the fucking roof. This kid is always in the right place at the right time. And yes, he is going to make mistakes again, really young. That's why we're doing beers for veneers because he can't legally drink them himself, whatever. But, he's always in the right place at the right time. He's like always making the right hockey move on the ice. It's so incredibly impressive. And I know we'll get into this game here in a second, but like the game against Ottawa last night, the goal that he had uh, from the the tip, like he knew exactly where he needed to be in order to get the puck. He knew exactly how to redirect that uh, pass to put it on net, which by the way, is an extremely difficult uh, play to make, period. And it's not just his offense, but it's also his defense. Like th- everything about this kid, I absolutely love. And he looks really comfortable out there.
0: You know, my favorite, it's my favorite type of goal is the, is the redirection. I love those. Yes. When I when I played, I love to try and do those. I, you know, it was rare, but you are exactly right. We talked about this in the last episode before Maddie Bennears hit the ice for the Kraken. Look, if you're new to this podcast, hashtag KrakenPod. We're a vibes podcast, you know, we're not going to drill you with stats, but we're going to, we're going to understand the vibes, the memes of the Kraken and the vibe is great. And he changes the vibe of the team. There's excitement, not just not from fans, which man, when he scores his goals, the the, the climate pledge is nuts. Like the pitch is different than any goal I've ever heard at climate pledge. It's, it's electric it's so cool but when he's on the ice he just brings that young youthful speed and that enthusiasm that energy you know i would say like the um before trade deadline era okay it was tense it was weird now it's a little lighter guys are still uh, fighting for their for their spot for next year but you can tell there's an energy there's an enthusiasm um and he brings that to to the Kraken on the ice so not only are fans feeling the electricity, not only are fans seeing his hockey IQ, which is dude spot on with that note, he knows where to go, but the energy, the skating, the the the, the pumping of the legs, getting to the right spot, like the other players on the Kraken, are vibing off of what Matty Baneers brings to the Seattle Kraken so it's again like you said not just point production not just scoring not just this it's everything you know when he's out on that ice he's flying around and everyone else on the ice is doing the same thing when he scored his first goal against Calgary I'm sorry not against Calgary but when we scored his first goal against the Devils like they were so enthusiastically happy for him like everybody's happy even last night in last night's game against the Sens they were so happy for him. You know, like he's excited. He went and slammed himself against the boards and everyone else ran to him, you know, skated over to him and gave him big hugs. It's like, yeah, it's cool. was
1: was Canner was hugging the shit out of him. Father Canner was like, <laughs> he looked like he was happier for for, uh-huh. for Beniers than Beniers was. I mean, but yeah, incredible moment. And I agree that the team is completely uh, rallying around it. He has brought an energy, you can tell, into the locker room and it's translating on ice. Man, it's so everything you said about the TV show analogy is so perfect because I've been thinking about that a lot too. watching the end of uh, the game against Ottawa last night. So we're recording this. It's very early Tuesday morning. So watching the end of that game last night, I got really kind of emotional for a second because I was sad that the season was ending. But at the same point in time, I am so Fucking excited for the future of this franchise because the even even like uh you know the Seattle Kraken admins they're they're tweeting out how they're they've already started the countdown until like the draft and all that stuff which is great but I'm start thinking I'm like this team looks completely different now than it did prior to the trade deadline like everyone knows their role we start to see guys like Victor Rask A.K.A Sweet Potato we have Spronger doing his thing uh, we have Matty Beneers, who has coming in hot. He's, you know, three points in three games, all these pieces. But we also have, uh, you know, the salary cap space. We have uh, the ability to make trades with other teams. We have free agency coming up. We have the draft. And it's like, I am so excited for this future. Like, holy shit, this team is going to look so, I mean, it already looks completely different now. Year two is going to be a completely different game. And I am so, so, so excited for it. And I'm just like, it's hard to, it's like, I want, I don't like want this season to end, but I'm like, I'm ready. Like I'm ready for free agency. I'm ready for the draft. I want to see how this starts taking shape.
0: Exactly. Everything is great. Um, it just feels really good. And I, I do like, and I think we should transition into talking about the news that came out yesterday on uh, Monday, which was obviously uh, in the planning for a while. And I like that the Kraken saved this news for the end of the season to kind of, you know, like they are controlling the excitement level of what's going on with the Kraken. And that was the announcement that uh, Ryan McElmore and um, – uh, uh, beast mode, Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch are now you know minority partners, uh, owners in the Seattle Kraken, and everything was orchestrated so nicely. Like all the players showed up last night to the game wearing Macklemore's uh, brand. Like he he gave them all
1: the same shirts. bogie Boys, <laughs> his his golf, uh, his golf apparel company.
0: Which is fantastic, which I totally want to buy, which by the way, like last night I was watching the game. My son, uh, he's sick with the flu. So he was, he's, he's like in our room, my wife and I, like, we got him a little bed on the floor and he's, so I'm watching the game and I brought out his Kraken jersey that I bought him. He's like looking at the Jersey and he's like, Oh look, there's a tentacle in the middle of the S." like that. That must be for the crack. And I'm like, that's exactly right, buddy. So like all these cool moments are going on. So it's like, just, it's just like this perfect time right now to be so excited. And you know, seeing beast mode um, at the practice arena yesterday at the, at the practice facility going ham on the Zamboni. Did you see that? Not only did I see it, but it reminded me. So there's a couple of things.
1: One with Malcolm Moore, I have mixed feelings about him because I personally think he's corny as hell. But with that being said, he is a Washingtonian and he's also a diehard sports fan. Like he's a minority owner now in the Seattle Kraken. he also is a minority owner for the Seattle Sounders. He has the golf uh, clothing line. So he's just, honestly, I feel like he's what any Washingtonian would be if we were in a position to have like that kind of capital. Like, what would we do? We would invest in our favorite sports teams, and we would go to all the games. We, you know, we would participate and do like live shows in front of events, which he has also done, whatever. So it's like, I can't knock him for that at all. In fact, he's doing probably what I would be doing too. Now, Marshawn Lynch, the Zamboni thing cracks me up because it reminded me of when the, the first time he did it, this is like the start of all the Marshawn Lynch like hilarity. Like First off, he's a national treasure. He needs to be protected at all costs. But Marshawn Lynch, if you remember when he was in college at Cal, he took the medical cart and was whipping it around on the field as well. And that's kind of like the first viral thing that he ever did. And what I appreciate about Marshawn Lynch is, I think that he looks like at at an SUV, like a sport utility vehicle, and he takes that to its literal term. Like for him, I think a sport utility vehicle (laughs) is like a literal sport utility vehicle. Like if it's a medical cart, and now it's a Zamboni and he's just whipping these things around. So uh, Marshawn Lynch, he just I don't know. He's a special dude. He thinks differently. He acts differently, but he's also incredibly intelligent. He's one of those guys that he didn't touch a dime of his NFL salary while he was in the league. He was using all of his endorsement money and living off of that. So he was just continuing to save. Take care of your chickens. That's all I'm gonna say is <laughs> take care of your chickens. And he's been doing that his entire career. And now he's, you know, a part owner in this Seattle Kraken. And Beastmo will be beloved in Seattle forever as he should be.
0: Yep. He's so smart because his brand is goofy fun, you know, and he he knows when to to cash in those chips. He knows when to dive in. He's smart. He's savvy. You know, he knows that the the stock. Uh, for the Seattle Kraken, as far as attention goes in Seattle and nationally, is going up. You know, something that I was noticing yesterday is like, who, who, who have been, who's been the, the, who has been the NHL's fan base darling for the past couple of years? You know who I'm going to say, right? Wait for the NHL, the fan yeah.
1: darling in the NHL. Why yeah. No- I know it's not your boy, uh, Sidney Crosby, how much you love the Penguins.
0: No, it's not the Penguins fan base. It's it's the Golden Knights. It's like, oh, the Las Vegas Golden oh, yeah, Knights. They yeah, got yeah, such yeah. a great – they got a great culture and hockey culture, and blah, 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 blah. And now they they suck. They're like – they're playing themselves out of the playoffs. And we have this awesome chance, and I love it. Is I can tell the Kraken are trying to build up the culture. And part of that is, you know, having, like, two icons of, of Seattle sports and music, you know, be part of the team, which, by the way – I've I always I've loved Macklemore actually I I listen to him like a couple times a month like in my regular rotation of stuff so like I'm super pumped call me corny but I love it and my dream is this is it's it's dad rap it's dad rap so I I understand I look I get into dude I grew up on I grew up on two live crew I grew up on all that stuff so like I have my moments but the dad rap is totally right and I'm into it but here's my dream is what you know one thing that I discovered this season that I absolutely love is Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones uh, from Seattle, rock and roller, just totally awesome. He opened for the stones this past year. Oh, I thought uh, you meant the green Bay Packers running back. I was like, do you play fantasy? I'm like, yeah, he's pretty good. I
1: mean, <laughs> dual threat and catch no, up.
0: <laughs> I, I talked about Aaron Jones is now my regular, like weekly rotation. And my dream is this is cause we're going to, we're going to, you and I, Joey, we're going to Seattle next season to watch. game, yes, And my dream is this, I'm gonna start a petition is I need Macklemore. and and I need um, Aaron Jones to have a concert at Climate Pledge to open the game for when we arrive. Like, I need to have this happen for, like, a pregame concert. Macklemore can headline, and Aaron Jones can open, and that'd be, like, the perfect uh, scenario for us. So I'm going to petition for that for our arrival, the What Lies Beneath podcast, the Kraken pod. When we come, I'm going to ask the team if they can pull that off for us. So Well,
1: we need to whiteboard this, and it's funny that you mentioned that, Jeff, because I'm going to share something with you I was thinking about last night because as a Washingtonian, Seattle diehard everything – I was thinking last night when, when Marshawn Lynch became, you know, part owner of the Seattle Kraken and they got him a jersey and they're like, what do you want to put on the back of the jersey? And he said owner. So the back of his jersey said owner because that's what he wanted, which, again, fucking fantastic, right? right? My thing that I am adding to the whiteboard is we one day will interview Marshawn Lynch. It has been a dream of mine to talk to him. It is absolutely going to happen. Now he has the ties with the Seattle Kraken. So I'm putting that out there in the universe because one day we are going to interview Marshawn Lynch. And that will be the best day of my life.
0: Oh, man. We started high with Piper Shaw. Um, and now we're going to like totally just keep, keep, keep rolling. So we're definitely doing this, man. We are, we're getting these, these, these interviews going. So that's going to happen. Write it down. You write it down, Joey, and it will happen. Okay. So actually write it down. We need to do this. Hashtag Maybe a tweet.
1: manifesting. I'm manifesting a the shit out of this.
0: We will tweet this today. Are, okay, these are the man, man. We are we are going to a game next season in Seattle. You and I, we're gonna and we're gonna host like some sort of get together where it's gonna happen. Oh, absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely. We'll do, we'll meet at a bar somewhere, do some beers yep. for beers. I'll try not to black out before going to the game.
0: Do not, because <laughs> I can't black out either. And you know, if I if it's, I'm going on a hockey trip, it's gonna be tough for me. So it might be Unleashed Dad. Um, but we're gonna you know meet up with like maybe we'll do 32 Crew partner with them that sort of stuff. But that's gonna happen. We're gonna interview uh, Beast Mode, uh, Marshawn Lynch. And those, those are two pretty awesome things. So anyway, life, life is fantastic in, in cracking land. Um, the, the vibes for the rest of the team are, are pretty solid. I mean, let's, let's kind of, kind of go through the, the games from, you know, the past uh, week or so here um, Tuesday at Calgary, electricity was high because it was the first game for Matty Beneers. Um, and, you know, he, he pulled through, he did show the electricity. He had an assist in the game, pretty solid effort. Um, you know, Calgary is just on fire right now, pun intended. Um, they're rolling into the playoffs, which is awesome. Um, and I, I really do like that team. I still don't know if I'm going to hitch my wagon to them or not. But, um, you know, overall, pretty solid effort from the Kraken with the first game as Maddie Beneers, you know, suited up for Seattle.
1: This was the game where I honestly thought that the Seattle Kraken outplayed Calgary and the refs. No bullshit. This is not me being a homer. This was the worst refed game i had seen in the nhl all season long and we've watched a lot of hockey i don't understand what i what was what i was even watching it was so upsetting at the end of the at the end of the game uh, calgary got five power play opportunities to the crack and one uh, there was a blatant uh penalty uh, tripping penalty on vince dunn when he got taken down in front of the net right in front of a ref nothing got called at the very end of it uh, Beneers got hooked really badly. They completely let that go, which led to an empty netter. I mean, the Kraken had a 3-1 lead, and they were the better team. And Jeff, no bullshit. I felt like the refs completely took this game over. I didn't understand what was happening. Like, Calgary didn't even need this game. Like, God forbid the Seattle Kraken are the better team tonight. But I legitimately, to my core, felt like this game was taken out of the team's control and was put in the hands of the refs. Like, I don't know if it's like an NHL thing or what is going on. I know the refing has been particularly bad this year. I don't have anything to compare it to, but this game was a glaring example. Uh, but, you know, it was still a really fun game to watch, but it was frustrating because I, there were a lot of a lot of missed, uh, missed calls in the game. I just didn't understand what I was watching. And if I can see that shit, um, you know, from my TV being a new hockey fan, these refs can see it
0: up front and in their face. I mean, this reffing is never great in the NHL. It's 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 sometimes, you know, they, they eat their whistles and sometimes they, they can't stop, you know, blowing into them. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's a good call. It was, it definitely, you know, wasn't right. And this was a game that the Kraken could have won. And maybe it was because of the penalties, which was not right, but uh, you know, it's just tough. It's going to be interesting. I, I can't wait to get your take on the playoffs as we kind of watch because, um, you know, it has to be blatant. It has to be blatant um, when it when it happens in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to watch and and see your reaction to that too. So yeah, it sucked. You know, we kind of got hosed by the refs, which totally well, sucked. Well, so first one that
1: I felt this way all year and I've watched over 70 hockey games this year. And there's never been a game where I was like, I, I at the end of watching it, I felt, I, I don't know, I felt like it was unjust or something along those lines. And for some reason, this particular game, like after it was over, I was like, what the fuck was that? Like yeah. legitimately, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. And I saw, you know, there's a lot of a lot of talk online and everyone's like, Oh, you know, cracking shit. The crack and were up three to one, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I think that's the easy thing to say. If you actually watch the entire game, like they got screwed. I mean, like they got screwed, but whatever we have to move on from it. It is what it is, but I just, I didn't, I didn't like how that game was wrapped and I don't like feeling that
0: way. Here's what I did like was uh I was going to talk about, you know, Baneers getting that assist, but first of all, um, I would like to say, and I'm, uh, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I am actually physically patting myself on the back right now. He's physically doing it. I'm yeah, physically doing it. Yes, I am. I'm patting myself on the back. Okay, good job, Jeff. All right. Um, I, Adam Larson was flying. I don't know if he was like drinking the Baneers juice or the Baneers beers or what, but uh, after watching that first period, I think he had like a post or two. He just was all over the place. And I tweeted it and I said, he's going to, Adam Larson is going to score a goal. It is happening, or whatever, I tweeted. And sure enough, the next, next period, the second period, I think he, he scored it. And the, the dude was just flying. So I love that energy. That's the vibe that Beneers, I think, brings to the ice. I'm gushing all over, like, you know, Beneers and loving the fact, you know, he's just awesome. He's changing the team, which is fantastic. But I'm still standing firm. My favorite player is Vince Dunn. Right, so like you, there was the, yeah. like you mentioned the, the tripping call. I, in all the games, if you he Vince Dunn has been a little quiet lately in terms of like you know um the Dundertaker, like smashing people that sort of stuff. But he quietly is just a really solid D man. So I, I do like seeing that. There's a lot of excitement going on. We're talking about offense because we're seeing it you know a lot in these last few games. But I want to give props to to Vince Dunn for for being the Dundertaker and just being really really good. So there's a lot of positives, uh, you know, uh, Victor Rask gets a goal, which is fantastic to see. So the new guys are, are, are doing great and we, we love seeing that. So, you know, we lose to the Flames 5-3 um, and then lame the peggers peg themselves. Um, but and I didn't follow up. I didn't check to see some epic snowstorm was supposed to come in the next night to Winnipeg. And they canceled the game against the Jets. So that game has been moved to May first in a couple of weeks here against the Winnipeg Jets. So we didn't get two games back to back, which I was totally bummed about because, you know, I thought, you know, Matt Beneers was gonna get his first goal, which by the way, um, beautiful pass. Pass cross the ice to uh, Manny Baneers. Manny Baneers gets that assist. Just fantastic! That hockey IQ was on display. You could see it from the very first game.
1: It was a no look pass. Like again, right place at the right time. He knew where his guy was out on the ice, and he no look passed it. You know, cross ice, and he and he got the assist. Like his ability to set his team up, his teammate there. Uh, you know, in his first game in the NHL is pretty incredible. And yeah, the Kraken, you know, we're supposed to play the following night in Winnipeg, but they didn't want to be stuck in a snowstorm with a bunch of peggers. And all I can think of is I actually have like some empathy for them because like it's been, you know, 80 degrees in New Orleans for like the past two and a half months. And here we are in mid-April and they're still getting snowstorms so bad that people can't fly in or out sucks to fucking suck man because i don't really (laughs) mess with winter anymore (laughs) and uh i would not want to be dealing with uh blizzards in the middle of april like that's just depressing as hell
0: yeah i mean like props to our friends in seattle we still have to you know deal with all sort of stuff you know my my mom in michigan sent me a video yesterday of like a snowstorm like jesus man so, you know, but the thing about Louisiana is, you know, when you guys are enjoying, you know, if you're listening and you're not uh, in Louisiana or the South, uh, you're enjoying like a nice cool evening, you know, 50 degrees in a campfire uh, in the middle of uh, July. You know, we're dealing with 90 degrees at uh, at night. So uh, there is that. But moving on to Saturday, the Devils game. This was awesome because you could feel it. I felt the energy. I felt it. And Matty Bennear scores his first ever NHL goal uh, in front of his parents which was so cool. Like his parents were in the crowd um, and that's awesome. So, and also too, it was a power play goal, which is fantastic. So way to, way to start big time PP for Matt, uh, Mattie fantastic Fantastic. Uh, overall, the, the, the game was, was a little sloppy in terms of our play. Um, I, I thought that uh, grew was, was doing fantastic in the game. And, you know, we came through with the offense and the shootout it was a four, three shootout win. Um, you know, again, props to these, these goaltenders. I think they're still patching together a solid first season in uh crack in history. And I think that there's some, some light there moving into the next season too. They kind of know what they've got. Um, I think that uh, that's going to be something Ron Francis works on in the off season. Is that D um, something that I'm jumping over to like the senators game, but something I, I noticed in the past two games, the devils and senators is um, R D is leaving a lot of guys open in front of the net. You know, yes. we're collapsing. Like our, our defensive zone coverage is collapsing, kind of chasing the puck and they're leaving guys open. And I, I think the devil's game, most of those goals, I felt like most of the goals in the devil's game from the devils came from a cross ice pass in front of the net to a wide open devil's player. Somebody was not covered. So I think again, we bailed out grew by scoring because he did have a good game. Um, he did did a good game. We, we scored and we won the shootout, which is fantastic. Um, props to the goaltending. I think they're having a better season than the stats say. I think our D if there's anything that we need to fix in the off season, I think we need to step our game up on the defense and find some folks who are really like stay at home defensemen smash mouth. Don't come in front of my net or I'll beat the shit out of you. Defenseman, so that's that's kind of like the vibe analysis from the past couple of games. So anyway, the, the rest of the Devils highlights, Joey. What stood out to you?
1: Hey Jeff, uh, do you do you hear that? I don't hear anything, and and uh, to me, it's just crickets. You know what? You know why? Because all the Gru haters have officially shut the fuck up. Because. It was so easy to jump on him from the I was start. Nervous of, for a second. Uh, yeah. All all the all the Gru haters, you know, it was so easy to jump on him in the beginning of the season because let's face it, the majority of, of Kraken fans at the start of the season hadn't watched hockey like for for a single second, including myself. And if we did, we don't we didn't know the game very well at all. So when the Kraken are losing all these games and giving up a ton of goals. All we do is be like, oh, Grubauer, oh, hackstall where it's like, okay, yeah, like that's the easy thing to do, but let's pay attention to what the team is doing. And they're constantly hanging our goalies out to dry. And here's a fun fact that our friends over at uh, Keeping Up with the Kraken's, they are another Seattle Kraken podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Definitely check them out. Props to them. A day ago, they shared an interesting stat that I saved because I want to share on the podcast. Since the trade deadline, Seattle is ranked 11th in the league for GAA. That's a goals against average, giving up 2.91 goals per game. So think about that. Like, we're a borderline top 10 team in the NHL uh, since the trade deadline in in goals against average. And if we add some pieces, like you said, if we get some stay-at-home defenders who can really stop, like, first off, like, the turnovers – in the defensive zone are unacceptable, and we can also just get some guys who can generate some more offense, uh, which will also help out the defense. Like the Kraken are just going to be uh, in in a really good position moving forward, and these are the these are the stats that I really like to pay attention to uh, because it's not always on the goaltender. And yes, Grubauer. Um, he did play a good game, but he was constantly put in bad positions, and he had to made a, make a lot of saves in order to keep them in this one. But the big takeaway from this game is, is that, again, Matty Beniers, beers for Beneers, he had his first ever NHL goal. You mentioned it. His family was in the stands. And we talked about it on the, lot, on the last podcast, Jeff. He was fourth nationally in the NCAA in power play goals at the age of 19. We talked about how the Kraken – were bottom feeders when it came to the power play uh in the in the nhl and how his presence was going to help him out lo and behold his first ever goal for the kraken is off the power play and again it was the right it was the right place at the right time he knew exactly what was going to happen like as far as the rebound coming off a shot on net and he put himself in a position the goal is actually an easy one he just had to he had to be there to get the rebound and he 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 ended up finishing it and putting it in the back of the net, and he gets the goal. And the Kraken ended up winning in a shootout. Then it was a fantastic game for him to get the goal, and for the Kraken to get the win was just incredible.
0: Ryan Donato with a sweet, sweet goal in uh, in that shootout too. God, oh, he's
1: good. good. I love Ryan Donato. I love- and
0: and that's you know that's what is cool about having a player with great hockey IQ is having Maddie Beneers on the ice. Great to see him flourish, but he adds an extra element to the team as a whole. And now there's an, uh, another player that they have to watch out for. The other teams have to watch out for, and he just kind of, you know, he helps to move the puck along. So he helps bring the talent level up of all the other players. Uh, and and that's exactly right. That's, that's how you improve the the power play, which was, which is awesome. So it was cool to see also, you know, Maddie was the first star of the game. So he got to uh, eat the fish. He got to throw the fish into the crowd. And that was really cool to see. Which, by the way, too uh, uh, a fan of the Kraken Pod caught the actual fish that Matty Baneers had 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 thrown into the uh, into the stands. Well, apparently he underthrew it, and he meant for it to go
1: to a kid, and it went right to a grown adult. But you know what? Like, we're not going to fault that person because if I'm standing, if I'm standing in the crowd. And, you know, someone, Matty Beneer scores his first goal and he's tossing me a plush signed salmon. You know what I'm doing? If it's going right towards me, I'm catching that shit. Like, sorry, I don't know what your intentions were. I don't know that you underthrew it, but uh, that is now my plush salmon. And I am going to hold on to that thing for dear life.
0: You know, you and I, we've got, we've had some beefs on this show about uh, the tre- <laughs> the treatment of children. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big children guy. Um, you know, I have, I own three of them and, um, I, yeah. I I did not buy them. We burst them. <laughs> I was gonna make a Don a Jew. No, 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 but uh, I wasn't that was intentional. Um fresh market got himself some kids. Yep, exactly. But uh I'm with you on that. In that instance, you know, like if it's just a random puck from practice or you know, that sort of thing, like absolutely give it to a kid, that sort of stuff. But I don't know, man. I think I would I, I would I would want that salmon. I, I would if it came and by the way. I watched the tape of the throw because everybody was tweeting video from the game of Maddie Baneers tossing the salmon. Yes, and it went happened pretty quick. I don't really think it didn't look like Maddie Baneers was like, "Hey, you kid." Hey, he just kind of like was whipping it around and then just tossed it into the stands. And also, yep. too, it's his first. To- it's the first of many uh, salmon tosses. And he, maybe he d- under maybe he hadn't practiced. Maybe he like misjudged the weight. Are those things heavy? I don't know. They look like they got some weight. If they can toss them that far into the crowd, you know, if you throw something in foam, it doesn't really go that far. Like a weak Nerf football, you try to toss it, put some energy behind it. It kind of just oh, flutters all over those the place.
1: Things. God. Right? So like, they, like soaking wet, they'd weigh like 10 pounds. You
0: try to huck them around and then we'd hurt. Yeah. My expert analysis of, of that toss is I think that, Maddie was super pumped. He may have seen a kid. It went really quick. I think that, uh, he, maybe he intended it for the kid, but he kind of whipped that thing into the crowd. I, I, I say props to, to the dude who caught the the salmon. And I think that's a keepsake. He, he better get that thing framed or whatever you do with that. I think that's awesome. So no, um, I think it's
1: great too. It's not like the kid got mossed. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we're at a Mardi Gras parade and there's, you know, there's a throw coming our way and I'm six foot three. And so I stick my I stick my arm up and I just snag something away from this kid. Like, that's not the situation that happened. This plushie went right to him and I don't blame him for doing that. So that was the game. Again, the Kraken beat the Devils four to three in a shootout. And then moving on uh, Monday night, last night, Kraken versus Ottawa. And, you know, I don't know how you felt about this game. I mean, I you know, I'm excited because I get to watch the team play and I get it's an excuse for. For me to do beers for veneers which selfishly that thing kind of started because I knew I was going to drink some beers for veneers I kind of just want to get some people doing it with me so I didn't feel like an alcoholic. And hey, it's catching on. So, uh, but this game was great, man. Like the Kraken ended up winning four to two. Uh, Spronger had a goal, and you know what? We actually didn't give uh, Spronger enough credit because his previous game, the game again, the Kraken won four to three against New Jersey. Spronger had four different goals that I can remember that were also like high danger chances where like he is putting the puck on net and he was really close to breaking that thing open and it's not going to show up on the on the stat sheet, but Spronger had a hell of a game so it wasn't surprising at all to see him kind of continue on that heater. And finally break through and for him to get that goal and to go up one uh one nothing early. And then shortly after that, we have our boy Susie. Susie He's throwing fists and punching dudes in the face. Do we need to give uh Kachuk like do we need to give him like some award here for pulling like a LeBron James or pulling like a European soccer star? Because that guy, uh, he really tried to throw that whole thing. I mean, I never seen somebody get tapped in the face so lightly. And he's acting like Mike Tyson's on the ice, just playing punch out. What's going on there?
0: Well, he also he was doing some shady stuff to 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 get him all Susie all sauced up, and um and first of all, he's got the most punchable face in the NHL. Okay. Well, that's a bold statement. We need to do like a punchable face in the NHL ranking. Oh yeah, it, I think um, I, I would say Brady, Kachuk, Matthew, his brother Matthew, Kachuk. Is not as bad. I don't know how he got the punchable face. Okay. But Brady is just like, I mean, I tweeted it last night. So, like, you just kind of, like, I'm, I'm all about, like, Su- Susie, like, just just really getting him next time. So I was kind of hoping for, like, a, a blast to the face. But that, he's that's his game. You know, he's an instigator. Uh, he's a great player, but he's an instigator. That's his thing. Um, he likes to get in there and mix it up. And, and he he takes punches like that all the time. So he's an expert at, uh, you know, uh, falling down and making it look worse than it is. And that did absolutely suck. But also the refs didn't see what, what Matthew Kachuk did to Carson. So you know, I did. Uh, did you notice I did tweet at Piper Shaw last last night because um, you know her boyfriend's way into the Seuss. Husband. And, um, yes. Oh, husband, husband, husband. So uh, the the hubs is into the Seuss, and uh, she got him to follow us because we were giving some love to Susie. So I I, I like to see that fire. I, I'm I'm a big fan of seeing that fire. Um, the game last night, let's let's talk about – we don't talk about Spronger, but we're going to talk about Spronger. <laughs> Sorry. Remember, I own three kids, um, so I'm big into the Encanto right now. Um, I don't great, know what that is because I don't have kids. So great soundtrack. You. Oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> that Hamilton dude just keeps cranking out the hits. But between him
1: and uh, just Malcolm on repeat. It's like if you ever have the ox cord at a party, I'm like, God damn it, someone get this phone away from Jeff. No. No. <laughs> no. We don't talk
0: about – we don't – dude. We British don't talk about – we don't – we don't talk about Bruno is fire. It is actually it's literally like a uh on the pop charts, like on the charts. It's like it's okay. it's, it's good. It's a jam. Okay. Disney knows what's up. They know what's they I don't know about up. that, but I know that Kendrick Lamar has a new album coming out soon. So
1: that's where I'm at musically.
0: Well, Ken yeah, that's that's uh, I'm there too. So I'm not 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 just all about the dad rap and the and the the Disney songs. I this, I got some taste. <laughs> Once in a while you rap for Compton. I appreciate that. That's right. So um but man, let's give props to Daniel Spronger. Here to the first thing I'm gonna note is dude, his number is just awesome and it's a throwback to my red wings fanship uh the number 91 is just that to me just screams like speed energy skill and that's because sergey fedorov one of the greatest detroit red wing players of all time uh wore number 91 and i just anytime he was on the ice it's just smooth beautiful skating and awesome awesome stick handling and what i see about uh, with with daniel spronger is that is his speed He's just he's set apart he's he's a strong strong skater. He's super skilled. Um I I John Forsland again just I mean I think every episode we should just give him some appreciation because he's so damn good and I love listening to that man speak. And he mentioned last night that since coming to the Kraken's you know Sprongs has got six points with the Kraken. I think he's got 18 total in the season. So six has come with the Kraken, I think. And I tweeted it last night, so it's on record. I think next season we are looking at 40-plus points. If we keep him around, which we totally will, Daniel Spronger will have 40-plus points next season for the Seattle Kraken. I love that guy. I thought it was awesome seeing him um, get that goal last night. And I think there's more coming before this season wraps up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He he is a guy that he needs to be a part of the Kraken's future, and it looks like he very well might be. He's somebody that, you know, when the Kraken acquired him, I don't think anybody had a lot of expectations for him, and he has really shown through. In fact, I don't remember if it was his first or his second goal with the Kraken where he went end-to-end and outskated the entire opponent and ended up putting a snipe shot on goal. We are like, holy shit, Spronger is for real. Between him and... And Victor Rask, a.k.a. Sweet Potato, because he had another goal last night that was a hell of a snipe shot. That was his third point in the past three games, two goals, one assist. And I'm watching him play. And also, it's the backstory that you and I have talked about before, where he was the guy that uh, that Ron Francis wanted when he was with Carolina. He had a great start to his NHL career. His first season, he came out hot. His second season, he cooled off a little bit, but was still a really good season. He signed that really big contract extension. Then he hurt himself in the kitchen cutting sweet potatoes, basically lopped off a finger, blah, 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 blah. He ended up missing like a year and some change. But he is like the ultimate comeback story. And especially like for Ron Francis as well. And I'm kind of I'm really liking the storyline. I know that no one's really talking about it, whatever. I understand. But it's one of those things where it's like, we got him for next to nothing. He's incredibly affordable. And this guy can fucking play. And he's in a position where I don't think for him, like maybe he's just one of those guys. Like he likes to be in a position where like, there's not a lot of pressure on him so he can go out there and do the thing versus like, he needs to be the guy. Well, he's not the guy in Seattle, but he's really shown through. So between Victor Rask and Daniel Spronger, we have some guys that i really hope will stay for the future because they add so much depth to the Kraken and, I don't know. It's just a beautiful thing to see because again, I think Ron Francis really pulled, you know, the right strings and maybe for him, it is a little bit of a personal thing with sweet potato, but man, these, these guys are really playing out for the crack and it's been great.
0: You, you great note is look at that. Like Ron Francis, his guys that have come in are immediately paying dividends and they're performing great. They're great fits for the team. That's a great sign. And there's, if you don't have faith in Ron Francis or you you feel like i don't know why you would be this i don't know why i have no idea but like have faith in what he's doing he understands the team the chemistry and he's picking guys who you know like the guys who came in like cool we got these guys coming on the team they're not superstar rock stars but look they're they're already like starting to flourish so that should make you feel good so i love that you you noted so far Joey is you noted in this, this podcast episode is nobody has been talking about the goaltending complaining about it. Right. It's Cause the yep. goaltenders I think are solid. Obviously nobody's talking about Ron Francis at all. It's been a long time. The Victor so, Bass
1: storyline. And this is a very real thing. Like this is the revenge thing for not only Victor Rass, but for Ron
0: Francis. And, and another thing, and I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it right now, but Dave Haxtell, we have not spoken about Dave Hax. Nobody's complaining about hack right now at all. Did you see him
1: smile last night? Did you see him? No, like legitimately, did you see him finally crack? And like he had a a big shit eating green on his face right after the Beneers goal. Did you see that? I did not. I did not see that. Beneers gets the redirect, which I know that you mentioned, like that's your favorite goal. I can't even begin to fathom like the difficulty level of that. Like that's got to be like a 10 out of a 10. I mean, that's everything is moving at such a high speed and to redirect it onto the net is insane. But they they panned over to Haxtell and he was cheesing like he was legitimately on the bench just being like I think I think he knows what he has in Matty Baneers and he's loving and he's loving what he sees. Not to mention like he inherited a not so good team, you know, to start the season off. But you know, we all knew for the most part that this was not the quote-unquote final form of the Seattle Kraken. I think I just quoted like Dragon Balls either, like to go in Super Saiyan. But what I'm saying is like <laughs> this team was going to evolve throughout the season. After the trade deadline, they are completely different. And I i don't know, man, I'm really excited for the future. And even Haxel is cheesing a little bit, but you're right. No one's talking about him either. you know. And again, it was one of those things that we heard at the beginning of the season. All the blame on the goaltending all the blame on Haxtel. And I'll even admit, like, I was on Haxtell's ass, too. I didn't understand a lot of coaching decisions he was making. I thought he was leaving his goalies out to dry. Some of the comments that he would make to media, I really didn't like it. Maybe that's his way of motivating players. I don't know. But, you know, whatever. But anyways, it's just crazy how... I guess what I want to say is how winning can solve things. And yeah, they haven't won a ton of games. We've won two in a row now. Should have beat Calgary. But when you start to win and the team is actually looking good, even in your losses, all of a sudden those things that we were all you know, bitching about before, they kind of start to fade away a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think that the fans are just kind of, you know, we we know that we're not going to be a win. You know, they've accepted it. We've all accepted that we're not having a winning season. It's building. We've got some excitement going on. It's, again, back to the opening of the podcast with the, the TV show analogy. is I think season three, in my opinion, for most long-running television shows, Netflix shows, whatever you want to call them, Seasons three and four are typically the greatest, right? Whether it goes 10 seasons or 12 seasons or six seasons, like season three and four are the best easily of most of these shows. And I think that's what we're headed to. I think, can we smell the playoffs in season three? I mean, that's kind of like my over under As season three. I think we're sniffing the playoffs and possibly sneaking on in. And I think as long as nothing dramatic happens, I think they follow the roadmap that uh, Ronnie Francis is setting. I still think that Dave Haxtell's there. I think things are happening. I, I, there's seven games left. And like you just said, is like you want more. It's like there's only seven games left. I'm chomping at the bit for the next episode. I'm ready. I need more. So let's talk about what's coming up for the Kraken. We've got a, a series of games coming up. All playoff teams, all Western Conference teams, they're all jockeying for position. It's going to be an awesome, fun test to watch the Kraken Against the Avs, we've got the Wild, and we've got the Dallas Stars over the next
1: week. So Wednesday's matchup against the Avs, this is at Climate Pledge. I'm really excited for it, and I know that we've played them previously, and the reality is they beat the shit out of us. But this is not uncommon because the Avs are arguably, maybe even not so arguably, the best team in the NHL. They're currently 55-14-6. They are sitting first. In the central, and I made a note about kill Makar. So kill McCar won. I had him on my fantasy team. So shout out to that team. But also, he's just a dude that so he won the Calder trophy in the 2019-2020 season for best rookie in the NHL. And now the odds are is that he's going to win the Norris trophy this season, too. In 71 games played, and I apologize that they played last night. I made this note on Sunday. But in 71 games played this year, he has 82 points. It's 56 assists. Uh, and 26 goals um, in order to go along with that. They are just an all-around really, really good team, Jeff, and I think I'm going to actually hitch my bandwagon to them um, come playoff time. We can talk about that another time. But they're a top time. Uh, they're a top five team in the NHL in, gore, in goals scored. I'm struggling now. They have 294 goals and that second overall in the NHL, and they've also given up 206 goals, which ranks them fifth in the NHL. They are a damn good team. Uh, they are... Uh, you know, one of the better odd favorites in, uh, to win the Stanley Cup this year, and they're a lot of fun to watch. And like you mentioned on the last week's episode, they are not the Colorado Avalanche from your days um, even when you were a young guy watching the uh, watching
0: them play the Red Wings. I it, in the playoffs, I feel like it's rare that the top teams in the NHL make it to the finals against each other. But mm-hmm. um, I, and and I think in the, maybe next week's episode or the week after, we have to make our playoff predictions, and I could see. A Florida Panthers, Colorado Avalanche final, and the Avalanche are just really sneaky good. There's not a lot of national talk about the Colorado Avalanche, and they've been great all season. They're one of the best teams in the NHL. They're having all of them are having epic, epic seasons. They're scoring so much; it's crazy. Kale McCarr is fantastic. One thing about the Norris Trophy that I don't like mm-hmm. is is the fact that it often rewards defenseman for having a ton of points so is it arguably is it is it that you're the best defenseman you know or is it are you, is it the best scoring defenseman you know and i'll no, tell that you makes what sense. scoring is up a lot in the nhl this year so there's a lot of players having a great season which by the way i just looked it up the best season ever by a defenseman was bobby Orr, who's like the greatest, arguably the greatest defenseman of all time played for the Bruins, uh, 139 points in 78 games. That was a different era, you know? Oh, so, God. yeah. Um, and he had Paul, uh, Bobby Orr had, uh, one, two, three, four, five, five, six, six of the greatest seasons ever by defenseman in the top 10 greatest seasons of defenseman by defenseman ever. So like, that's how the guy was just like, he's just ahead of his time by 20 years. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Kale McCarr, not to take away from Kale McCarr. He is fantastic. He is awesome. Is he the best defenseman in the NHL? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, but yeah, you're right. Odds on favorite. The Avs are great. I can't wait to see how the Kraken perform against the Avs. The new look Kraken. The post trade deadline era cracking, the Maddie Maddie Beneers era cracking. Um, I think we're gonna be competitive every single night. I just I don't see any destruction coming over the last 7 games of the season for the for the Kraken. So, I can't I wait hope, for this game.
1: I hope that this is I hope that the game versus the Abs is the game that the Kraken finally get their three game winning streak that they have been flirting with all freaking season long. I really do hope so because something has to give cuz here's another random fun fact and this is for the Abs. They have not lost a game since March 27th. That's 9 wins in a row. In the last game they lost, what? and again, in the last game they lost, and that was, again, on, on the 27th, was against the Minnesota Wild, who, who is the Kraken's next opponent, and they lost that game in overtime. So they still got a point. So, I mean, they they yeah, they're one of, if not the best teams in the NHL. And then, so that's Wednesday night. I'm hoping that, like I said, I hope the Kraken can take that one and make it three games in a row. And then Friday night, it doesn't really get that much easier Wait. because the Kraken, what's up?
0: I got to make note, though, yeah. about the avalanche game is and you, you can tell help me as a native Washingtonian is, you know, we're obviously Climate Pledge Arena. We're very green. We're very like, you know, we're aware of the environment. Um, will there be dank uh, cloud smoke or vape smoke in the air um, on Wednesday night? Because it is 420. Um And, you know, I don't partake in the, you know, the the green herb, but (laughs) I (laughs) I know that you don't partake because you just call it the green herb. I did. Yeah, the green (laughs) herb. I am with it. I am with it. Remember, dad rap, the green herb. You do the weed. If you drink, if you're in my house and you smoke green herb, dad is going to send you to the curb. There you oh, go. Bro. Okay. Ooh, that's the rule. Oh, shit. You know what? Uh, I, I am.
1: So and this is why I want. Uh, so I made these notes on Sunday and I just looked it up. So I am mistaken. The avalanche actually lost last night to the Capitals. So that nine game win streak is over. We didn't go Caps because now the abs are going to start over by coming to. No, contact, no contact, we went sweet around. Prediction? No, no, Jeff. I don't know if there will be a the green herb being done at a climate pledge on 420. I don't know if that's how it works. I don't know yeah. if it's, uh,
0: <laughs> I think you, that's how it works, man. <laughs> were you Were you partaking in the green herb when you were making the notes for this uh, podcast? Man, I, th- I think were you are, were you intoxicated on marijuana? I was not. Uh, oh, okay, I was good. not smoking the devil's lettuce, but I was partaking in beers for veneers,
1: and oh, uh, his good. level of play has you know only increased my beers for veneers years because I just get so fucking excited.
0: (laughs) Well, if you're pre-gaming props to you and uh, I have nothing against it whatsoever, you know, smoke, smoke them. If you got them and props to you, toke up, enjoy that game, uh, against the avalanche at climate pledge arena. Cause I'm going to predict that the Kraken win this game, uh, six to four with an empty net goal. Um, and then they all go smoke with Maddie after, but I don't encourage that. (laughs) Yep. Maddie with the fatty. There you go. Oh, wow. Beers from here. Ne- okay. Beers for Beers, Beers, Beers Beers Maddie. Fatty's uh, for Maddie. That's it. Fatty's for. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, that's it. That is uh, this Wednesday. We're tweeting this. It's uh, fatty's for Maddie. Yeah, fatty's awesome. for Maddie.
1: Yep. We got to We need like, to. It's uh, like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Man, it's, it's like that song. Fifteen
0: bucks, little man. Put yeah, that which-
1: shit in my hand. <laughs> side note.
0: Side note is I actually was um I was uh, uh Silent Bob stand in uh, the last the last um no you were not yeah i was like literally yes i was look at me look at me right now like i have my hat backwards you actually kind of look like
1: kevin smith now that i'm looking at you i'm like holy shit how did i not notice this before you look like
0: kevin smith in the last jay and silent bob movie that was shot here in new orleans yeah i was um i saw some i saw a tweet and it was like hey we're looking we need somebody to show up of you know and we need a um a stand-in for uh silent for for kevin smith for silent bob and i was like ah screw it why not so i took uh, some pictures and i sent it to the email address and they said hey can you come in and do this i said yeah and i didn't even ask if i get paid and i did um and i'll never do it again um i'll never do that again absolutely (laughs) but um it was i mean i'll never do it again because it took so much time but it was an uh, it was so cool i sat in a car with method man and red man what the fuck yeah yeah, absolutely. And like Maybe you're the one over there
1: doing doing the marijuana, Jeff. Maybe you're just projecting on oh. me right now because it sounds like you were I, you were having a good old time.
0: I was in there when they were had all the fake um, you know, the movie propped um, you know, devil's lettuce. Don't flowing. tell me that's movie propped because no, I, I don't said- wonder- I it was, it was, it was not because I, you know, it was not, it was all, it that was fake. It was like also, it was filled with like just, you know, prop smoke and stuff like that. But I literally sat in a car with, and I sat next to Jason Muse, um, what? yeah, who's Jay. I mean, I like, I talked, I talked to all of them. Like Kevin Smith was directing me around, like, hey, Jeff, Jeff, come over here. Uh, hey, Jeff, like, because I was like, <laughs> I was in this car and they were looking at me as I was, you know, because Kevin Smith was directing in this moment and Method Man and Red Man were in the front seat delivering this awesome dialogue. Yeah. Two Jay and Silent Bob who were in the back seat. And they're looking at me and I was like, I was making faces and like, Pretending I was Silent Bob because nobody gave direction, uh-huh. and they and then Kevin Smith's like, hey, "Hey, Jeff, real quick," because they t- had to cut. I did not cause him to cut, um, but <laughs> they cut for a second, and they said, "We're gonna do another take of Jeff," um, and he called me by name, which is really cool because I, I, I love you know Clerks and Kevin Smith movies and stuff. Yeah, of course, Ledger. He's like, "Hey, just don't don't react to anything. Just sit there. Just be chill. Be cool." Is that cool? I was like, "Yeah, absolutely. No problem." And like so, I anyway, like I spent, I spent a whole day on set um, being. Being Kevin Smith's stand-in. So anyway, um, long story short is uh, long Fatties
1: smoking blunts. Who smokes the blunts? We smoke the blunts. So. Yeah, right. I
0: don't, I don't partake, but I'm a big fan of the culture. So fatties um, for Maddie's 420, baby. Four 420 Fatties for Maddie. So roll them up. <laughs> oh my
1: God. All right, moving on. So uh, after 420, after we beat the after we beat the ABS and uh, roll a fatty for Maddie, we're moving on to Friday 422. Uh, cracking go on the road. We are in Minnesota, in their barn, to take on the Minnesota Wild. This, you know, it, it it doesn't get much easier, Jeff. They're 46, 21, and 7. They're third in the central. Uh, they're actually, so this was in, an interesting note. They're top five in the NHL in goals scored. They've scored 276 goals throughout the season. Again, I looked at the stat up on Sunday. Maybe some things have changed since then. But, when it comes to uh goals uh again like giving up goals they're actually middle of the pack they're 17th in the nhl but i believe that they addressed this issue at the trade deadline when they signed flower power aka mark andre Fleury. and um you know i saw a lot of articles just talking about how uh, the minnesota wild were actually ranked as like the number one team at the trade deadline in terms of all the moves that they made in order to address some like holes on their roster so I don't know, like Minnesota, they're doing all the right things just in time for a playoff push. I'm really excited to see this matchup. And random side note, I actually drive out to Nashville tomorrow morning, and I think there's like a 90% chance I go to Predators Wild uh, at the at their barn in Nashville. So I'm really excited. If that happens, I will definitely let you know and let the rest of uh, you know the Kraken Pod family know. But yeah, I'm really excited for this game. It will not be easy because Minnesota is a very good team.
0: Well, I'm excited for you to go to your uh, your second ever NHL game, which will be uh, awesome. Um, and it uh, Nashville, from what I understand, is a great place to see a hockey game. So, you know, that's going to be two teams that could maybe see each other in the NHL playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it's kind of cool. It'll be a playoff atmosphere, I would imagine. So, like that'll be kind of neat. I think it'll be a tense, good game. Those are they're both pretty solid teams. Um, uh, shoot, I'm trying to think of it is. Who's the defenseman for the, uh, for the, for the Roman Yossi, Roman, having Roman an Yossi, season. he's the one that's actually up there with
1: Hale McCarr and they kind of flip flop in terms of who's going to win, you know, that trophy this season. So, you know, if that does happen, I'm excited to see Roman Yossi in person. And obviously, if it's a game against Minnesota, if I get to see Flower Power in person, I'll be very excited. I think their barn is the Bridgestone Arena.
0: I don't, I'm not, I haven't that looked right. it up. So I, that I could be right. wrong on that. Okay, no, I think cool. that's right. Um, I think Roman Yosi is is probably your r- true MVP of defensemen. He's, you know, he is having such a great season, and the Predators, like the Avalanche, are just stacked. It's like so good. And Kale McCarr is a great. He is a great defenseman, you know. But Roman Yosi is is the reason why the the Predators have a a chance at the playoffs because. Yeah really overall not a great team, but Roman Yossi is just kind of like led the way with keeping that team afloat. So it's going to be cool to, 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 for you to see that game. Um, but as far as the Kraken playing the wild, don't really know what's going to happen. have no idea what we're going to uh, experience. Um, you know, I, I, they're, I think it'll be I, – I honestly think the Kraken have a shot to win every single game. Um, the Dallas Stars, who are single-handedly uh, uh, you know, driving a uh, stake through the heart of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, shout out and also
1: shout-out to the – wow, Jesus, leave all that in because I'm stuttering Stanley <laughs> over here. Shout-out to the New Jersey Devils, who, by the way, took down the Vegas Golden Knights last night, and I am fucking – loving this uh, it's funny that that beat reporter that was you know trashing the Kraken on the future of the franchise and how our future looks so bleak and i be it would suck so bad to be a kraken fan and and how the vegas golden knights how their future is looking so bright and I'm so excited and I, I don't see him anymore jeff i don't I, in fact i don't hear anything from vegas golden knights fans anymore so it's fucking hilarious how everything played out just like I said it would. Like, maybe I'm hockey Jesus. Maybe I need to anoint myself because these motherfuckers are delusional.
0: <laughs> you know what I've learned about you is, you know, we've gotten to become, you know, friends, you know, better friends over this uh, this adventure with the crack pod. Is that, like, you don't talk about it much, but you – do you have a list? Like, I, like in um, Billy Madison – um where when um what's his name uh steve buscemi is crossing yes. people's names off the list and billy masson calls Yeah, that's what i called that guy yeah yes <laughs> and like do you i think you you must have a list because you're thinking about the beat reporter like there's just i, that's how I learned about you He's like you don't say much about it you don't talk about it but like you remember like you don't forget and i don't know if you forgive either which is awesome so i'm going to make sure that i do not my mission in this 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 Kraken Pod uh, adventure is to not ever get on your list. Holy smokes!
1: Yeah, I, I don't have it. a I don't have an actual list written down. I'm not Steve Buscemi sniping people from you know and Billy Madison rocking lipstick. But I do. I, I don't forget, man. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I, I won't talk no, about it funny. at length here because I brought it up before on the podcast. But I just thought that those comments were completely untrue like if that individual is being objective they would recognize that you know the vegas golden knights has some serious issues uh moving forward in the future and to see them you know about to be knocked out of the playoffs like last night might have been the nail in their coffin and i'm and i'm here and i'm here for it and this is i I saw it coming and it's just funny to me and it's funny how i don't see that motherfucker saying anything anymore now
0: well the Knights. Uh, they've got uh seven games left and it's uh they're four points behind it's that's mm-hmm. tough It's tough when Dallas is playing great so uh, Dallas is gonna come out flying I mean if we lose one of these three games which again you know we could lose all three easily but I, I think we're gonna win them is I think we we might lose to the stars because they've got a lot um, on the line so I say um, we go I say we go one and two in these next three I actually made an interesting note here I wanted to share really
1: quick so we played the stars two weeks ago it was April 3rd the Kraken actually ended up winning that game 4 to 1. But what stuck out to me is that Dallas actually led the Kraken in shots on goal 30 to 29, hits 24 to 22, offs won, 37 to 26, and penalty minutes they had one penalty for 2 minutes, we had 3 for 6. So it's just one of those things where it's like if you look at the stat sheet, they by all accounts should have beaten us, but the Kraken found a way to win that game. The Dallas Stars are a really good team and like you said they're going to come out flying because they need to win um you know Colorado stacked Minnesota also stacked also looking to win and Dallas is fighting for uh, you know for Nash with Nashville for you know a playoff spot here so we're going against some teams they have a lot to lose we're looking to play spoiler
0: yeah it'd be fun to do that and, and i'm excited for the playoffs um you know you should be too and we're part of the hockey podcast network uh which is proudly sponsored by DraftKings and as we head towards the playoffs it's it's going to be a big time playoff season And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. If If you get the win, all right, that means if your team wins, you get free bets. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team. You get 150 bucks in free bets if they win. Promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. It's for 21 and up. Restrictions do apply. Please see the Kraken Pod show notes wherever you're listening to this podcast for all the details. So get ready. Get signed up for uh, DraftKings Sportsbook because there's going to be a lot of fun stuff going on in the playoffs. Now... On this show, something that, you know, we're a vibes show. We are a podcast for you if you're a Kraken fan, if you're new to hockey, if you're somebody looking to have some fun, you know, we're not stats driven. We're not like totally like analysis in your face, smarter than you type thing. We are with you in this journey, right? And we invite you to ask the question that you wouldn't dare ask another podcast because they might shame you for not knowing everything about hockey. But guess what? We are here for you with no dumb questions. If you've got a question about hockey, the Kraken, whatever it is, ask us. We'll find the answer for you and share it with you because we don't shame here, right? We want you to enjoy the game. So, this week, Joey, what is the question in no dumb questions? All right, the question, Fro, wow, Jesus. Fro!
1: Dude, this is why when we record and it's like 7 a.m., like I'm struggling. Anyways, I need more coffee. The question for no dumb questions actually comes from uh, Corinne Matlick. Shout out to Corinne. She actually tweeted us this question, and it was a great one, something that we haven't really touched on before. The question is, do we have an interim captain with Giordano being out? And how exactly does the process of picking a captain typically work? Side note. She believes that next year, the captain of the Seattle Kraken will be Jordan Eberle.
0: So, all right, here's how I'm going to answer this. And, um, you know, no research done. It is purely an emotional, it's purely a, okay, let's just kind of do it when the time is right. They're not going to do it now. Um, I think they'll announce the captain after training camp's over. I think they want to use that as a carrot to dangle over these guys' heads because, you know, who doesn't want to be the captain of an NHL team? There's probably players that don't, but there's there's a, definitely a handful of pe- people on the Kraken that want to be the leader of the Seattle Kraken and be the second captain in Kraken history. So I think, you know, we get through the whole offseason, we get through training camp, and before the season starts, not only is it something that you dangle over the the players' uh, heads, but it's also something, too, that's going to be a cool thing to get people fired up uh, for next season and I think before the season starts they'll announce who that captain will be so there's no tried and true process from what I know as far as hockey goes it is just a vibe thing but that's why you have assistant captains too and again I don't know the rules I don't know if there's a limit on how many assistant captains you can have I think there is I don't I don't know the exact definition but right now you've got players like I'm sure Jordan Eberle from what we've learned about him is he's a quiet leader right so he definitely, I think, because he's got a lot of tenure, he's 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 probably the 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 the, the player on the Kraken with the most um, experience in the NHL. Right. Um, then you also have Yanni Gord. Like Yanni Gord is a big time favorite. We you know we talk about that on Twitter. Like everyone loves him. He's also very vocal. He's funny. You know, he's he's making a really good play for possibly being the captain. So um, was it was Caitlin. Caitlin was the question. Corinne, Corinne. Sorry, Corinne. God, I'm so terrible with names. Corinne. I'm so sorry. Uh, my name is Dreff by the way. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to put my money on Yanni being the captain, but I could easily see Ebbs being the captain. So I guarantee you, uh, Dave Haxtell, Ronnie Francis, the coaching staff, they're looking around, they're watching, and I guarantee you they're, they're also making it something where, hey, guys, look, let's finish this season strong. You know, there's no tomorrow. Um, you know, next season is far away. You know, we're building this team. We want you on this team. Show us that you want to be on this team. Show us that you want to lead the team. And, you know, we'll get to that uh, next season. That's what I would say if I was the coach of the Seattle Kraken. So we will see what happens. There's no yeah. tried and true process. Yep, absolutely. So,
1: and we talked about this before. So I've already said that I believe that Yanni Gord will be the captain next year. Again, this is just a prediction. I could be totally wrong on that. It's not just the Stanley Cup that he has won previously with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But it's also the fact like he is the team's motor. Like when Brandon tanev went down this season, you know, to the season ending injury, which by the way, we get Brandon Tanev back next year. So think about that for the future too. We
0: don't talk but, about turbo and we haven't. And we, <laughs> we haven't talked about him. We forgot how much we love turbo. Like we love turbo. Like think about that next year. You're right. That he, yeah. he, he probably is throwing his hat into the ring. Cause he's, He's he's hanging out. He's with the Kraken. Right. You know, he's hanging out with them on a daily basis. I'm he's, sure no- out. he's
1: going to Mariner games. He's watching them beat the shit, uh, you know, out of the Astros, taking two out of three and outscoring them by 11 runs like like Tanev is doing his Seattle thing. He's posting pictures of him at restaurants, eating like eight bowls of edamame. He's an edamame guy. That's cool. But anyways, love that we get him back next year. I predict that Yanni Gore, because he's the guy that stepped up. He's the, he is the vocal leader and he is the motor that really keeps the Kraken going. And he's also the the guy that he pushes the team to continually progress. They were talking about that last night on the broadcast in the game against Ottawa, because one of the goals was actually set up by a hustle play of Yanni Gord. And, um, that's just how he plays like his his energy and enthusiasm is not only on the ice but it's off the ice as well The, the quick note that i wanted to make is is that ron francis and we talked about this before ron francis was not intending on naming a captain when the seattle kraken entered in their expansion season and the reason why it was giordano is because one he was a captain eight years prior with the calgary flames but two uh, it was not only his presence on the ice, but off the ice as well and in the locker room that impressed them so much that they decided to name him team captain. And I think it was the right move. Jeff, if you remember when we did the interview with Piper Shaw, she was even saying that there were there was a time when she was they were on the road and she came out to the team bus. And, you know, she was like going to like get her bag and she's holding her coffee. She's kind of fumbling around a little bit. And Giordano, without saying anything, is standing outside the bus, like, "Oh, hey, good morning, Piper. How you doing?" And then, like, offers and like reaches down, helps her grab her back, and she's like, "Oh, oh, hey, Mark Giordano." Like, he's just one of those guys. Like, it's just how he is. He's a leader through, through and through, and that's why he was named uh, the team captain. Also, after the trade deadline, uh, Jordan Eberly was said himself that at the time the Kraken had 19 games left, they were not focused on having a captain. Because that just wasn't in their cards, and what they wanted to do was just focus on and quote how owning a culture in which they do not quit—that has been their priority for the remainder of the season. And the last thing I want to share is that it's not just a—it is not just a title; it's actually a defining role. So the NHL rulebook, Rule, rule Six Point One, actually talks about the role of the captain. And that rule is quote. One captain shall be appointed by each team and he alone shall have the privilege of discussing with the referee any questions relating to interpretation of rules which may arise during the process of a game. So again, it's not just oh, you're the captain, you're the leader, like it actually translates into some things on the ice and what the team looks um, you know, looks up to you to do. And you know, captains are selected by different means. In some instances, teams will hold votes uh, among the players to choose who the team captain is going to be. Um, on other occasions, uh, the, t- the choice can strictly be made by team management, um, which sound like that was the case for the expansion year for the Kraken. Um, and it's usually a combination of seniority in a game in service to their current club, but there's also, you know, franchise players or players that are emerging uh, as stars who can also be named captains. So, like, you know, if Maddie Beniers goes off, you know, and they don't want to make him a captain, he could be an alternate captain. So it's just one of those things. Like there's there's many ways that they can do it. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the the quick the quick history of not only what a captain does, how they can be chosen, but also why the the Seattle Kraken opted not to replace Jordano once he was traded.
0: Yep. that Well done. Well said. I'm glad you brought that up about um, talking to the refs. You know, you want somebody who's got clout, who the refs respect to be your captain. So because the captains will go often times when there's uh, discussions and they'll be part of it and they're the only ones allowed to do it. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I said assistant captain and I always do that, but it's, it does stand for alternate and I did look it up. Um, your Seattle Kraken alternate captains as of right now are Yanni Gord, Jordan Eberly, Adam Larson, and Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, I, I believe that either Ebs or Yanni will be your next captain. Um, so one of those guys will step up and become the captain in the off season at some point uh, named captain. And then somebody will step into that that alternate. Now, I just looked it up, too. And I don't know something. Uh, one website said that you can only have two alternate captains, but I really don't think that's the case. No, so
1: I actually saved this uh, saved this kind of note on this rule as well it's actually very common for a team to have three alternate captains if no one is assigned captain of the team or the current captain is absent um or you can also name the a goaltender as captain and then have three alternate captains so this is not something that is uh too out of place i didn't know that kraken had four but i i didn't see that in any of the research i was doing but yeah as far as the three rule goes like that's that's what i was reading on
0: Okay. Well, uh, we'll see. It's, I I think Ebs or Yanni is your, is your next captain and we'll it's going to be in the off season. We'll see what's up and, um, it'd be cool to see who the uh, next, if there's another alternate that's named. So, um, I think leadership is, uh, developing for the Seattle Kraken, just like the Seattle Kraken are developing. So it's a great, that was a great question for no dumb questions. And again, remember there's, Never a dumb question when it comes to hockey or the Kraken. So please ask away. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, it's hashtag KrakenPod or at KrakenPod. And thank you for being a member of the KrakenPod. Appreciate that question. Today, or, or, or NHL history. Let's talk about some hockey history. Um, I just wanted to make a quick note as we're kind of like talking about the excitement, the, uh, the new era of like what could be maybe one of the greatest players in, in Kraken history with Maddie Beneers around now. So much going on. In hockey history, this week in hockey history, back in 1999, the New York Rangers took the ice for their regular season finale against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that was a game that was epic because the Rangers were already eliminated from the playoffs. They weren't going to go play, so it was their final regular season game. Sellout crowd, Madison Square Garden. Why was this a historic moment? It's because Wayne Gretzky... The great one. He put on his jersey for the last time. That was his last game played. It was April 18th, 1999, and they had a huge ceremony. Tons of, uh, I mean, obviously, like, what do you, I mean, like, he's retiring as literally the greatest player of all time. There's no argument about it. Um, Statistically, the best player. Um, He picked up a final point. He got an assist in that game. His 2,875th point. Okay. So, That's a lot of points. Let's see. (laughs) We'll see if Matty Beneers can catch the great one. We'll see what happens. That'd be fantastic. But uh, this was a uh, big time day, big time week, big time month, April uh, for hockey history as the great one over 20 years ago, uh, retired. And uh, he's still fantastic. Still great. Still doing great things. So tip your hat to the great one this week. Uh, Tip a beer for Beneers and salute the great one. Have 99 spliffs. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. Not you know on on 420 roll of um, fatty for Maddie baby fatty for Maddie but uh, again we got to talk about playoffs in the next couple of weeks we got a lot of cool stuff going on in the Kraken pod we appreciate you listening to this thing you know life as a Kraken fan is fantastic um, I'm super pumped to be sporting my Kraken jersey uh, watching the games I think we're gonna have a great week it's again we're in that uh, finale episode of that first season um, television show style stuff and. Life is really good. It's exciting. I cannot wait for the for the second season of this TV show that we call being a Seattle Kraken fan. So, you know, Joey dude, have a safe trip uh to Nashville. We'll figure out when we're going to record the podcast next. I do hope you get to go to that NHL game um and have some fun. I cannot wait. I love living um my hockey life vicariously through you. So, please um have a have a beer for me or two or three and enjoy yourself. Done and done. I'm
1: already doing it in my head.
0: Okay. God. Good. Get a good. good, good. I, I would love to know. I love the craft beer, so uh, I'd love to know what a good, uh, you know, Nashville or Tennessee craft beer might be. And how nice- much old uh, Miller Lite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to know the beer prices over there. So maybe we can work on that for next season. For I will do. Out. I will do some
1: in-depth reporting. Like somebody has to do it. I will make the. I will make the sacrifices to my body in order to get people that information.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, leave us a rating wherever you uh, listen to this podcast. Uh, You know, have a fantastic week. Hit us up on Twitter, at KrakenPod, hashtag KrakenPod, but have yourself a fantastic week. Let's go Kraken! And we end the show every single week with something we like to call our Chirp of the Week. And what what is a chirp? What's a chirp in hockey lingo? A chirp is when players talk trash to each other. And while hockey players may not be the most exciting when it comes to post-game interviews or mid-game interviews, that sort of stuff, they are hilarious people, and they prove it with their chirps. So, Here is your What Lies Beneath the Seattle Kraken podcast Chirp of the Week.
1: Bill, did you drink a Coke today? Did you drink a Pepsi today? You did, eh? I don't do that. I don't do that.